Welcome everybody to the podcast. Today I have the wonderful pleasure of introducing Dr. Benson, a pathologist to you. She has a subspecialty training in blood banking and transfusion medicine. She has served as the director of Moffitt Cancer Center Blood Bank since 1989 and this year is her 30th anniversary at the hospital. She has served as the director of HLA Lab and is the current director of a Moffitt chemistry lab. She has helped to set up the blood treatment procedure known as the extracorporeal photophoresis or ECP here at Moffitt and she still sees patients who are getting that ECP treatment still. She is very qualified for our topic today which is on blood transfusion medicine. Welcome and enjoy. So welcome to the podcast and I am really grateful for this opportunity to educate the listeners and myself because I've heard about blood transfusion but I never really paid attention to it except bone marrows and blood donors and stuff so this is an educating or learning experience for me so thank you. Well and thank you for the invitation it's it's nice to be able to educate people on the blood transfusion industry the field. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right can you please tell me about the field of blood transfusion medicine? Sure so um, it's easiest I think to think of blood as sort of two separate areas One is the blood collection side, Mm -hmm. and the other is the blood transfusion side. Um, The blood collection, typically, at least here in the United States, being done in blood centers Mm -hmm. that are almost always nonprofit, and then the blood transfusions generally happening at hospitals or outpatient clinics. Uh, And um, those are sort of the two large areas. Awesome, okay. And um, so what about, can you discuss what happens in the area of hospital blood transfusion? Okay, so in, uh, for the people who work in the hospitals, I mean, we can have people who are maybe only um, minimally educated and we train them here in the hospital, but for the most part, it's a very educated staff. These are usually medical technologists who have a, uh, a background in the medical technology sciences and have um, passed an exam. Okay. Uh, but we also have uh, physicians who are then specialized in blood transfusion, generally pathologists here in the United States. Okay. Um, in Europe, it's a little bit different model. And uh, there's a variety of activities that go on in the hospital, but I can also tell you about the blood collection. Please. So on the blood collection side, there tend to be more people who have less um, um, uh, education, perhaps, and are trained on the job to help with the collection of blood from donors, healthy donors, as well as then the preparation of blood components from whole blood. So we keep very little as whole blood nowadays and everything is made into the components, the red cells, the platelets, the plasma, um, and we make even cryoprecipitate and other things from the plasma, things like uh, factor concentrates for hemophiliacs. Oh, wow. So uh, that all happens on the blood collection side okay. uh, with the plasma derivatives being done in, um, by pharmaceutical companies. 
That's that's amazing. Yeah. So when um, I remember being in school and we see a lot of plasma donors wanted, that's still in the same. Yeah, that's the same general field. Um, most, at least here in the United States, blood um, for patients getting red cell platelet plasma transfusions is done by blood centers that are nonprofit. Okay. Um, whereas the plasma derivatives, things like products for hemophiliacs, is done in a for-profit center, and that's why they will pay okay. people for their plasma. We do not pay people for their whole blood. Okay, just t-shirts and... Right, okay. just t-shirts, yes, which is not considered much of a financial <laughs> so, okay. uh, gift, but okay. uh, it is something. And juice and cookies, don't forget <laughs> the juice and cookies. Okay, I've, I've I think the last time I tried to donate was right around when I came back from Nigeria mm -hmm. or when I came from Nigeria and they're like, well, we don't really, so we'll probably talk about that later, but I haven't gone back to donate since then, but I see the signs, free t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> All right. Okay, what processes make the blood safe for the donor? I mean, what, can I just show up saying, hey, I want to donate blood or? So when we collect blood from blood donors, we have two principal concerns. We want it to be a safe practice for this volunteer, this healthy volunteer. Mm -hmm. We also want it to be safe for the person who will receive the blood. Okay. So we will do things with the donor, like make sure they weigh enough. And here in the United States, they oh, have wow. to weigh at least 110 pounds. Okay. They have to be at least 16 years of age. Okay. Um, they have to have a, a safe blood pressure and heart rate and not running a fever. You tested all there? And we check all that when they come in. Okay. Um, so that's to make sure they don't, you know, that the process is safe for the person who's donating. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to be too thin, you mm -hmm. know, we don't want them to have an abnormal heart rate, things okay. like that. Okay. And then, but then we also have concerns for the person who's going to receive their blood. So we, we ask a lot of very personal questions okay. about who they may have been exposed to, who yeah. they may have had sex with, okay. and that's to make sure it is safe for the patient who is going to receive their blood. Okay. We test it for a lot of uh, agents, mostly viral agents like hepatitis B and hepatitis mm -hmm. C and HIV and HTLV and West Nile virus and... What's HTLV? HTLV is human T-cell lymphotrophic virus, which is more that, common in Japan. Okay. And it's fairly okay. rare. It's like it, I've never heard about it. It's, it's And it's also seen in small populations in the Caribbean. Oh. Um, but for the most part, it's not very common, but it can be spread by blood transfusion. So that's okay. why we test for it. Okay. Uh, we also test for Chagas disease a type of parasitic infection more mm -hmm. common in rural Central America. Okay. Um, we test for syphilis, we test for um, this West Nile virus which was spread by mosquitoes, mosquitoes. beginning in the late 90s yeah. here in the United it's, States. It's been big. Very big. Especially in Illinois, I think. Yeah. I was there when there was a bout of West Nile going on. Yeah, it's it, it, interestingly at first um, back in 1999 was found in sort of the New England, New York area and really? eventually spread west. So it ended up in 
I think it's now been in every one of our states. Oh my goodness. Yeah, even Alaska and Hawaii, I believe, there as well, Whoa. but certainly throughout all of the continental United States. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, we don't see as much of it as we did when there was the, a really big peak when it first started traveling. Yeah. It was spread by infected birds that infected the mosquitoes. Yes, there were a lot of dead birds yes. on the sidewalks and you don't pick anything up, don't touch anything, just... Yep, yep. The, yeah. The, yeah. I remember seeing some dead crows, but that was all due to West Nile no virus. virus. Oh my, just a little mosquito can knock out. Yep. Such no. a... Mosquitoes can transmit quite a number of diseases. Wow. Okay. So with that, after collecting the blood and going through all this, you still have to make sure the patient or the recipient is safe to receive it. Is there anything else you do with... So the blood will be shipped from the blood center to the hospital. Okay. And at the hospital, our staff will make sure that the blood center tested it properly for the blood type, the mm -hmm. ABO and RH blood type, okay. because that is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and we will then do a cross match where we actually will mix our patient's blood with the blood of the donor. Okay. Uh, we mix actually the patient's uh, plasma, the right. liquid part of their blood, with the donor's red blood cells, and that's our final check, this cross-match before we actually transfuse the blood to the patient. Okay. Um, we want to make sure the patient has no uh, red blood cell antibodies or mm. proteins that could destroy the blood that they are receiving. Okay. That's, that's pretty interesting. Amazing. Yeah, and then of course the nurse or special the the nurse or the transfusionist who gives the blood is specially trained to make sure they can pick up any early signs of a reaction. Most reactions, fortunately, are rare. Okay. And usually they're very benign. They're not very harmful. Okay. But sometimes, um, unfortunately, last month we, for instance, we did have one that was more serious. Fortunately, the patient ended up doing fine, but okay. she certainly required a great deal of um, uh, care in the our intensive care unit, and she was quite sick. So that that can happen, but again, fortunately, it's quite rare. So the reaction being the um, protein from the donor and that of a recipient clash? So classically, uh, well, there's a number of things that can occur that are more serious, things like the blood could get infected with oh. uh, bacteria. So that's one of the reasons we check the d blood donor's uh, skin at mm -hmm. their veins before okay. we collect the blood to make sure their skin is free of any rash or evidence of some kind of infection, okay. that the donor isn't running a fever. We use all sterile equipment. So mm -hmm. these are all things to reduce the risk of bacteria infecting Infection. the blood, okay. but also sometimes there is uh, uh, a mismatch that we could not have anticipated between mm -hmm. our patient and the, the donor. Wow, that's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's a process, which it, is good for yeah. both the donor and the recipient, but. Yeah. For the most part, it's very safe. Okay. Very, very safe. But every once in a while, there is something that can occur and we have to be very, um, uh, quick to react and mm -hmm. stop a transfusion that is showing evidence of harm. Okay, okay. So with that, usually I think one of my biggest fears is donating blood to 
aside from the fact that when I had wanted to um, donate, I had just come back from Nigeria and they're like, well, let's just wait. I've heard a lot of, um, oh, you've got little veins, you have rolly veins, no, we can't do this. <laughs> I mean, is that an issue or that's just minor? Well, I mean, someone has to have veins that are able to allow the blood to be donated. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yes, veins that roll do create more challenges because you have to chase them with this needle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once the blood donation is started, then there should be it no shouldn't problem. shouldn't be a problem. The blood donor, we ask people to try and make sure they've had a meal before okay, they come in. Okay, I was going to ask donate. that. Yeah. yeah. And the, probably the more important thing is that they're well hydrated. Uh, that they no have coffee before. Well, coffee can be a little dehydrating, so that okay. probably. But I, you know, I drink coffee before I donate blood. <laughs> uh, I think the key is just to make sure you have plenty of fluids. Okay. And probably the best way is if when you pee, is it uh, nice and pale or is oh, it dark, dark yellow? yellow. Yeah. If it's dark yellow, you're definitely not drinking. Or if you haven't peed for probably more than two hours. It's, you know, you might want to drink at least before you donate. Before you donate. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's the, um, I guess we've talked about viruses being present in the blood. That's, is that why they suggest people who traveled overseas to wait a little bit before they donate? Or do they, because I know I talked to a friend of ours who, his parents, I believe, were missionaries in Nigeria. And I don't think he can donate any blood. I'm not sure he can, he tried to donate again but he had asked is it possible to donate and if not why why can he not so we we mostly ask about travel for um, mostly two big reasons one is there was a, a type of agent called a prion okay uh, this uh, the, what caused mad cow disease yes. in the United Kingdom yeah. so it's it's actually known as variant Creutzfeldt Jakob disease yeah. or variant CJD yeah and um, so people who lived in the United Kingdom at the time that that was that prion was present in what we believe the food supply yeah um, are deferred from donating blood in the United States Oh, really or people who lived on military bases that were supplied by British with the British beef Oh. So those are some of the travel restrictions, but a big travel restriction is because of malaria, possible mm -hmm. malaria exposure. Yeah. And here in the United States, fortunately, we, we don't see malaria here, Yeah. Uh, except with great rarity. Um, sometimes yeah. someone gets off a plane here in Miami and in, maybe they have malaria and a local Miami mosquito can infect them and we might see a small yeah. pocket of malaria in close to the airport where this oh, happened. Oh really? So those are, but those are very rare Pretty cases. Pretty rare, yeah. So most of the malaria we see in the United States comes from people who traveled to an area with malaria, mm -hmm. came back and now have the malaria, and we have to make sure those people are not donating blood. So we ask a lot of questions about where people have been mm -hmm. in the last three years, okay. provided they live in a non-endemic area yeah. like the United States. Okay. And if they have traveled to a malaria area, then they, they can't donate. Um, for a length of time or for just? One, for one year. Okay. For one year. So I have no excuse. I can but, go donate. Okay. But if they if ha they have lived in a malaria endemic area or ever had malaria, mm -hmm. uh, then it's a longer deferral. 
Okay. So um, it depends if if you haven't lived in a malaria area and you know more than in in recent history, you're you're, you're okay. 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 But if you have visited, then, then it's one year. It's one year. One year. Okay. Year. I would I would let him know. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it's it's sad to say that, but we usually say, oh, malaria, oh, you'll be fine. It's like a cold. But here, when I started working in the lab, I was like, it's not a big. Well, oh no no no, it's but. Yeah, especially for people here, you know, for people who may have had malaria and then it was treated and then maybe they get it again, they're usually able to handle it better than somebody who has never, never been had exposed it. to yeah. before. And then there's also four basic kinds of malaria and some of them are more uh, harmful than, than others. The, others. the one in particular, Plasmodium falciparum, is, is very bad. Okay. So, but that's not everywhere where malaria is present. present. Okay. So coming back to blood transfusion, have you had, being in the hospital right now, have you had a patient come in and they've had maybe malaria or another infection and have had to make sure they're treated before you can do any transfusion or they can receive any blood transfusion. Have you had that well, I, incident? Well, I know, I know our, my infectious disease colleagues have seen people with malaria here at Moffitt. Okay. Um, but none of it was due to blood transfusion. Okay, okay. And, and um, yes, they're very skilled at treating it, um, but if the person needs a blood transfusion, they would get the blood transfusion because sometimes they're anemic, you yeah. know, as part of their presentation. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. So if um, someone wanted to go into the field of blood transfusion medicine, um, what would you advise them? I know working in the lab, we have a lot of shortage in the next five years. Or when the baby boomers retire, everybody's like, oh my goodness, yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah. What would you advise students or people wanting to get into Blood well, transfusion. Blood medicine. transfusion medicine is an excellent field because there 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 is availability. We do need specialized people, people who are trained, who are interested in the field. Okay. Um, I think trying to anticipate the those retirements that are coming. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more automation in many areas of the lab. Okay. And that just makes our jobs easier. Um, and um, you know, that also helps if we do have a declining workforce. Yeah. Um, but I do encourage people, if they have an interest in the field, to learn more about it and mm -hmm. what opportunities are available. Very often, people who are interested often start on the blood collection side. Okay. And at least get some um, education, um, knowledge of the field, maybe complete classes or get a degree that's okay. necessary for getting something that's more highly paid. Okay. Oh wow, this is really, really educational, and I guess I'm learning a lot. I've learned a lot. Thank you, thank you so much sure. for your time. Thank I know you. you're busy. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so, final question is a little bit personal. How do you? I don't. You are you a mom? I am a mother. Okay. Yes. I have pictures of my awesome. two daughters up there. Awesome. Great. So I'm not. Asking a wrong question. How do you balance being a parent and working 
yeah. full time. Yeah. Well, fortunately, my my girls are grown up now. But, okay. Um, it was challenging being a physician and a mother, uh, and uh, and I had a very traditional relationship with my my daughters father mm -hmm. um, that you know he I mean I I worked he worked mm -hmm. but I did the cooking and all and took care of the kids and mm -hmm. you know he he liked to work in the yard and wash cars <laughs> yeah yeah mow the lawn and read right, the newspaper right. yeah um, so um, it, it was challenging but I found trying to keep my interests outside of work was very important and as much as possible um, the nice thing about pathology is we don't have as much on-call responsibilities okay. as some of the other medical fields and really making a point of when I have vacation take my vacation and I find great joy in um, my girls my daughters and my outside activities I've always been yeah uh, I've always enjoyed athletics and I okay. think being active whatever you like to do whether it's gardening dancing mm. walking is a great exercise I think that's also very important to All help right. alleviate stress and, yeah. and it's just good for our bodies as well as the mind bodies. yes yeah. all right thank you because that's where I am right now and I'm trying I have a two-year-old which he's wonderful please mommy 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 but I'm learning to balance walking working and spending time with him and yeah. giving him what he needs yeah. and then also finding time for myself yeah that's so. important yeah right. I think you have to be good to yourself before you can be good to others and right. that's going to make you a better uh, parent mm -hmm. uh, a better citizen of the community a better employee yes so it's important to focus on your own health all right well thank you that's well, thank it thank you Azania it was thank a pleasure you. speaking Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at the Isora podcast at gmail.com. If I have multiple questions on this topic, we might have Dr. Benson on another episode of the podcast. To all the medical laboratory professionals, this is your week. I want you to know you guys are special. And I appreciate all you do. And you guys are the superheroes behind everything that happens in the hospital. Happy Medical Laboratory Professionals Week. Thank you. You have just listened to the Isora podcast. Thank you for listening. To reach me, you can find me on Instagram, Isora Podcast. Again, Isora Podcast on Instagram, and you can find show notes on the IsoraPodcast.com. If you have to email me, you can find me the IsoraPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode. And oh, yes, do not forget to subscribe on your listening platform so you can get instant updates when I publish new episodes. Thank you again for listening. Goodbye.